4: Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He's Paul Dettino. I'm Lance Meadow with you for the next 60 minutes as we start to inch closer to the release of the 2023 schedule. It's coming your way on Thursday, so we figured today's program will delve a little bit into the non-NFC East opponents and get your feedback on the challenges that lies ahead on the schedule and perhaps speculate on how many primetime games perhaps the Giants will be showcased on. So we'll tackle all of that and more. And a reminder... You have multiple ways that you could join us with respect to the conversation. 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So we always anticipate the buildup to the schedule, Paul, because the one thing I will give the league credit for I mean, they find a way to make this an event, do they not? I mean, and it's not easy to make the schedule release an event, no matter what professional sport we're talking about, by the way.
0: I think the NFL has probably made Don King very proud. (laughs) They really have. Oh, absolutely. Don was the master of promotion. You folks may not remember, but during the 70s and 80s, especially during the 70s, Don King was the absolute guru of marketing sporting events, specifically professional boxing, and not to say that some of those mega fights didn't deserve to be mega fights, but he was able to find a way to always make his event the biggest spectacle in sports that particular night. He was a master at it. I, I know Don's still alive. He's probably like maybe ninety something years old by now. I don't even think he promotes anymore. I think he's retired. I don't he does. Yeah, but uh, he was the master. Don King was the master. Look him up on YouTube. He's got the funny hair and everything. He was quite the character.
4: 91 years old.
0: Is he? Okay. So I think that the NFL and quite frankly, all major sports have taken a page out of Don King's book and found ways to promote even the most minuscule of things and turn them into mega events. I'm almost surprised that they don't reveal the schedule in the middle of an arena and sell tickets to it.
4: (laughs) You know, that may not be a bad idea. You may be giving them something to think about, Paul.
0: It could happen. Yeah, you could have
4: sort of a rally atmosphere, right? And then you reveal event by event. You know,
0: don't be shocked if one day it does happen. Well, you know why? It's, It's really,
4: wow. It's possible, but I think the way that they navigate around that is every team likes to put a video together. So if you had an event then I think you would take away from the video production right. aspect. And
0: these days, the social media departments of each of the teams in the league, excuse me, I'm sorry, they have such a, a mega presence oh, within yeah. the organization. Well, that's their time to shine. That, you know, no, no, no they're not going to do that. You're right. They're not going to take it away from those people. Those people need their day in the sun. This, this schedule release is like their New
4: Year's Day. Yeah. Well, I was—I thought you'd use a football analogy and say it's their Super Bowl. <laughs> thought maybe you'd take the easy No, pathway.
0: because there's only one Super Bowl
4: yes well but for them it's their Super Bowl because remember not every social media team assuming your team doesn't get there has a chance to experience a Super Bowl so this is everybody that's
0: very true and we know a bunch of teams who have no chance to get there yes
4: well I think I know what you're insinuating but we'll (laughs) leave it at that I'm not going to jump into Pandora's box and release it from that standpoint but in all seriousness thought we would conquer a few different topics related to the schedule by the way before
0: you go further that is 8 o'clock tomorrow, NFL Network. We might as well give them the shame. Well, Thursday, plug. 8 o'clock. Uh, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Don't yes. rush our lives. Yes. No, don't rush. Yeah, Thursday, 8 o'clock, NFL Network, just so you have the official notification in case you are wondering.
4: And you can also check out Giants.com and the Giants social media pages. Oh, of course. They will be and releasing oh, a lot of different speaking videos.
0: Speaking of which, another very creative video by Michael Becton and company in the Giants production staff. This year's schedule release video, it's uh, it's unique. Now, they've had some really good ones in the past. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Tracy Morgan was a really good yep. one. Eli and Peyton on the phone, which I love that one. That one was really, really good.
5: So now Paul's excited. Yeah, apparently.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, I'm more excited because I know the hard work that went into it. I Michael Becton, who is the giant senior uh, producer here and editor and producer of, of these kinds of things, is an absolute master. He does he does rap music videos and stuff of that nature too.
4: Sure, he's also behind Giant's Life as well.
0: He's behind Giant's Life as well. He he does so much with so little resources. He thinks big all the time. Yep. And he's not happy with just saying, "Okay, this is what our department can do." He's like, "No, let's push the envelope. Let's do what Hollywood would do." And he really really bites off a big chunk of that hamburger and shoots for the moon. And you know what? Almost every time he succeeds. I'm sure he would tell you there are some maybe he wasn't as happy with as others. But I'm here to tell you that if you folks ever watch some of those creative videos that he does, and especially Giants Life as well, and I know you voice Giants Life, some of these things are just absolutely magnificent. And they're just a thrill and a joy. In fact, the th- Third Giants Life is coming up, I believe the release is on May 17th, if I'm not mistaken. Correct,
4: yeah, that will cover the draft process and so right.
0: forth. So uh, I just, I'm excited for him because he does such great work. And a lot of you folks don't know that name, Michael Beckton, because he's behind the scenes. He does nothing but work 25 hours a day putting stuff together that you guys can enjoy and and digest. And so let me just give a big thumbs up to him because I know this this one he um, he really had to do a tremendous amount of editing on. You'll understand when you see it. Uh, not that any of them are less, but this one took an awful lot of work. This was a Herculean task, and it's uh, it's fun, and it involves a, a bunch of the Giants players too. This one isn't just like one guy. Sure. Yeah. This this one this one involves a bunch of them. And uh, and that's going to come out uh, again, obviously, on Thursday with the uh, schedule release. Michael, uh, Michael did a marvelous job with this video.
4: Absolutely. Excellent work year in and year out. And it's always interesting to see where the teams want to take it year in and year out because they truly... They continue to get more and more creative. And you see a lot of teams tap into the history of their franchise, not just necessarily the Giants. You mm-hmm. see other teams do that well. this that is not long. a
0: historic video.
4: No, no, I'm just saying in terms of the involvement yes. of former players no doubt. or current players, oh, no doubt. whatever it may no be, doubt. Be, a lot of teams go down that pathway. So before we open up the lines at two zero one nine three nine four five one three, wanted to explore a few topics related to the schedule. And mm-hmm. this year's schedule it's always interesting to look at who they have that is not related to the NFC East. So this year, the Giants are going to play the NFC West. That's the division they get within the conference. And then they get the AFC East, which is the division outside of the conference. Mm -hmm. So as far as the AFC East is concerned, and remember, this is a division that you play only once every four years. So the level of familiarity is nowhere near some of the other opponents. But what adds an extra layer of intrigue is i think multiple elements number one the arrival of aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. okay that's going to build up the jets the bills brian dable joe shane going up against their former team you have that storyline the emergence of the dolphins they're coming off a playoff appearance right miami has done a nice job turning things around and new england well we know the history right between the Mm -hmm. giants and the patriots we'll see whether or not mac jones bounces back they have a new offensive coordinator in bill o'brien but the point is much like the NFC East last year, and time will tell. Remember, I don't believe you just carry everything over, but there was substance and depth to the AFC East as much as there was to the NFC East. Two
0: last year. very strong divisions who just happen to be clashing due to the schedule rotation this year. And you know, I told you before the show, Charlie Weiss was on Serious NFL uh, Radio this morning. And he was saying that he had seen somebody's analytics article that suggested the eight teams in the AFC East and NFC East have the pro- pro- uh, potential, based on last year's records, which again we know can be very hollow, to have the eight toughest schedules in the NFL this year. And that's because they have to go head-to-head. The- these are two very, very competitive divisions. I honestly think the perhaps the the biggest patsy in either of the divisions is Washington. I mean, I, when I look at these eight teams, I say they're number eight. Other than that, yeah, Philadelphia is probably number one, but from two to seven, boy, that's going to be one hell of a dogfight if you tried to, to rank those two divisions.
4: Well, I think Washington, compared to the other teams, probably has the biggest question mark under center with Sam Howell. No doubt. right? We haven't seen much of Sam Howell. Not to say that he's not going to be a good quarterback, but you can't go based on anything. No, he could be Brock Purdy, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Listen, you can never rule it out. And then I would probably put the biggest question mark in the AFC East is Mac Jones in New England because it's still a relatively small sample size. Mm -hmm. And once again, they're changing offensive coordinators. Every other team feels good. Tua clearly has some question marks in terms of his health durability, will he Mm -hmm. hold up? But Aaron Rodgers, we know, is a proven commodity. Josh Allen, you could say the same thing. Jalen Hurts is coming off a very strong campaign. Dak Prescott is the seasoned veteran, and Daniel Jones is coming off a solid year in which he was able to gain some comfort with this new regime. So there's not nearly as many question marks with all those teams because their quarterback situation compared to Washington. And then, once again, a close second is New England. And go ahead. Don't finish. No, I was just going to say the breakdown is – the Giants, they're hosting the Patriots and the Jets, and they are visiting the Bills and the Dolphins just right. to get an idea of how the AFC East is going to be split up.
0: I think because of the way we believe these two divisions will probably bang heads a lot during the season, it does make it harder for a wild card or second wild card team to come out of these two divisions. Yep. Because remember, Some of the other supposed weaker divisions will be playing each other and then other teams in other weaker divisions cross-conference that will allow them to pile up some extra wins. So, you know, it almost becomes, in my opinion, it emphasizes and makes the division championship for both of these divisions – much more important not knowing if you're going to be able to sneak in as a wild card given the fact that you're going to go head to head
4: well because you look at last year to your point the NFC East played the AFC South and the AFC South was far from a juggernaut look at Tennessee they didn't even win the division jacksonville i mean to be Sergio fair head.
0: we all talked about how great the NFC East turned out to be and far exceeded expectations but when you look at who they played well, out of saying. division yeah it certainly aided that cause that's not the
4: case this year. Correct. And then you look at also the NFC North was another division, and mm-hmm. the NFC North had very much mixed results. Mm-hmm. Remember, Green Bay was a borderline playoff team. They ultimately missed out. The Lions did look good, but I mean, Minnesota was really in cruise control in that division for the majority of yeah. the year. And now, they were a flawed team when they correct. got to the playoffs. 100%. So all of that has to be taken into consideration. So now you're... Upping the caliber of the competition, and we're only going based on what these teams did in the offseason and how they looked at the tail end of last year. For all we know, you know, who knows? Maybe it is a duplication of last year. Maybe some of these teams are not as good, who knows? right, as perhaps they're being projected to. Life in the NFL, it's a crazy world, but it is fair to say that you can't assume there's the same substance and depth. And you had three teams in the NFC East make the playoffs last year. And then in the AFC East, you had the Bills and the Dolphins get in and the Jets were a borderline playoff team. You know, they played a lot of close games. Their Mm -hmm. offense much more productive. They were. You know, they could have easily found a way to get in. Does that same breakdown happen? I I think that's your million dollar question. I don't think you could assume that, especially once again, if you're going to now be challenged far more, not just within your conference, but also outside of the conference as well. Well,
0: you mentioned the AFC East and some of the questions. We need to see if Mac Jones will take a a step forward. We need to see if a 39-year-old, soon to be 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, can survive behind a suspect Jets offensive line. Let's not forget
4: that. A lot of injuries they've And he
0: has had injuries. He has not been Brett Favre-like in terms of being an Ironman. And so if he doesn't survive the beating that he's going to get behind that Jets line, all of a sudden they're in quicksand again because they're going to have to throw Wilson back behind center. And that's not good. So, so they've got certainly an issue. Uh, And then when you look at uh, Miami, you know, uh, there are people out there who still think that Tua is going to be an upper echelon guy. I'm not so sure. I think there are still questions that he has to answer. So while we agree that the schedule appears to be more difficult because that division does appear to have some strength. There are still questions there that could easily turn it in the other direction, as you said a moment ago. And then, if the schedule or the division does not fulfill its promise, all of a sudden maybe the same teams from the NFC East make the playoffs again for the second year in a row. Who knows?
4: I think an interesting way to look at the AFC East, and I'm curious your perspective, and once again you can weigh in on this as well at two zero one nine three nine four five one three hashtag giants chat. If you look at the AFC East, who would you rather play early in the season versus late in the season? Now here's where I stand. Mm-hmm. I would rather play the Dolphins and the Bills early. And the reason being is because I think you have a better grasp of who they are given the continuity and the coaching staff that he is carrying over. New England is getting a brand new offensive coordinator. I know Bill O'Brien's been there previously, but who knows if he's going to run the same thing with Mac Jones. And the Jets, I mean, once again, Aaron Rodgers is arriving. Nathaniel Hackett's a new offensive coordinator. you got Packers. Granted, you can watch Packers tape, and that may give you an idea. But to me, there's more of an unknown with the Jets and the Patriots versus the Dolphins and the Bills. So I'd rather play the teams you can base a little bit more on film from the previous year early and then get more film over the progression of the early stages of the season to play them later. I'll agree with you
0: on three of those teams. I will not agree with you on the Jets. Uh, To me, the advantage of playing the Jets very early is that they may not have the flow and the continuity that they might have once they start getting into a groove and into some kind of rhythm. You know, I think if the Jets are able to establish momentum, it will go a long way into making them competitive in the second half of the season. Sure. Yeah. If, if Rodgers gets dinged up, which I think there's a very realistic chance of doing that. I really do. That offensive line is not very stout. Well,
4: that line, remember, was hit by injuries last season. If they get most of the guys back, I think that's the question. Remember, Elijah Vera Tucker was banged up. Makai Becton missed the entire season. So, you know, those two guys and Mekhi they Becton Billy has Turtle. been
0: about as reliable as well, I don't even want to go there.
4: Well, but once again, because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Right. That's so, the thing.
0: So, I mean, I, I think they're even worried about their offensive line. Look, they were trying to draft a, a tackle in the first round and they couldn't get their Steelers hands on one. moved line. in front of him. Exactly. Uh, that was a huge blow to them because they know that Rodgers has the potential to be brittle. So, on one hand, do you want to play the Jets early? Maybe you do because they will not have had a chance to gain momentum and gain flow and start getting that feel-good attitude. So, yes, that would be good. On the other hand, would you rather play them later after Favre uh, – not far after Rodgers has been knocked out of the lineup and now they're forced to play Wilson and they'll be limping through the second half of the season becoming the failure that, you know, is, is certainly very plausible. Um, I, you know – that's That could go either way for me. So I'm not going to agree with that one. I will only say the other three teams, I'm with you. I think you, you've you picked out where and when you'd like to play them.
4: Well, because we've discussed those elements in previous schedule releases, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to who you're playing, when you're playing is a big part of the conversation. Now, you brought up the injury factor. Anybody could be knocked out of the lineup can. at any time it of the can, year. It can, right? but so, I, I
0: think with, with a line that's got enough questions, whether they're durability or functionality... That line has questions, and they know it in in Jetsville. They know their line is a problem, and they know they've got a 39-year-old-plus quarterback who has been injured in the past. Okay, And they also know their running game at the moment because Hall is hurt coming off that injury last year. They also know that they can't lean on that running game too much at the beginning of the season to try to keep him standing up. To me, if if I'm a Jets fan, that's my biggest concern and worry going into opening day. Is how are they going to manage Aaron Rodgers' health to get through 17 games?
4: No, and listen, it's a concern for most teams that have really good quarterbacks who are not extremely mobile and can only cover up so much and of their offensive line issues. Yeah, absolutely. But remember, on the flip side, you could say the Jets have a really good defense, that Terrific defense. is bringing Top back five. pretty much everybody. Top five. And you would think that they'll look pretty good in the early stages of the season, barring injury. Probably. Because it's the same defense. Robert Sala's still there. And once again, most of the notable players are back mm-hmm. in the mix. So you know, do you want to be tested right out of the gates against that unit when you're still working out some new weapons on offense from the Giants' perspective I'm talking about?
0: Fair point. Fair point. So... You know, either way, man or man, AFC versus NFC, we are going to see some pretty pretty interesting games during the course of the the fall and the winter.
1: Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it.
2: He scored. Go to blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
4: Absolutely. All right, let's open up the phone lines as we move forward here at 201-939-4513. You can hit us up on twitter as well hashtag GiantsChat. we're talking about different elements in play with respect to the schedule we figured we focus on the non-nfc east opponents the makeup of the afc east changes that happen in that division who you'd prefer to play early versus later and so forth let's check in with tom in stratford he joins us here on bbkl what's happened to tom what do you got for us
3: hi guys uh, i just wanted to say real quick that uh since you were talking about the schedule I would not, and I know this is out of our control, but I would not want to play Buffalo in December and
0: Miami in September. Yes. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, Mike North, brother, one of the VPs of the NFL, was on a Bills podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he said that they'll always get those requests from the AFC East teams who don't want to go to Buffalo in December or January and don't want to go to Miami in September. He's like, we get that. We understand that. Uh, that's that's part of the annual request sheet, but they can't always make that happen. I'm with you, though. I mean, here's the thing, right? If you're going to Buffalo in December and you wind up with a primetime game, and I was talking to Lance, and we'll, we'll get into a, a question that I put up on Twitter for a poll uh, just a bit later on in the program, but can you imagine? I could see the Giants and Bills being a potential primetime game. I could. Because of the relationship that this front office and this coaching staff has with the Bills, two teams, higher profile, both teams coming off of playoff appearances. I don't really believe that anybody from here, and I'm speaking for myself, it's an opinion, wants to go to Buffalo for a primetime game in December or January. I don't think we really do. That's just that's just a wild guess on my part, okay? Yeah. Well, I was bringing uh, yeah. up before
4: we went on the air the Buffalo-New England game from about two years ago when you had those windy, horrendous conditions and nobody could throw the ball. So that's more of a reason why you want to be cautious of having a primetime game. I brought up the 2019 schedule. That's the last time they played the AFC East. Mm-hmm. Buffalo was week two, and Miami was week 15. So that worked out perfectly. You got the Dolphins in December. You got the Bills in September.
0: I'm all for that. And my tan would be very happy.
4: Yes. Well, and clearly that's the biggest priority of the league. It is. To make sure they meet Paul Dottino. I need to get
0: my tan to extend into the new year.
4: Well,
3: thanks for taking my call, guys. Have a great day.
4: Thank you, sir. Thanks for giving us a ring here. Everybody requests that. Everybody asks for that. The problem is the league cannot fulfill the needs and desires of every NFL organization. But listen, it's worth throwing that out there. Hey, if you can accommodate us, great. But... Who knows, with the way the weather goes around this country, you may go down to Miami, okay, and you could have uneasy weather, too.
0: Well, it's kind of like when we had the Super Bowl here for Denver and Seattle, and it was almost 70 degrees and sunny. And
4: then, and the, then the, next the next day, day there right, was a blizzard. So, <laughs> yeah, so just when you think you map it out perfectly, Mother
0: Nature oh, has other plans. Man. Indeed, indeed. I, I think, you know, part of the, the intrigue I, I, unfortunately, and, and I get it, you know, we, we talk about the hype machine that surrounds the release of the NFL schedule and it's gotten worse and worse and worse over the years. But part of the problem now is that if you are a fan and you want to go to some road games for your club, it's incredibly expensive and you really have to go through a lot of planning to make that happen. Uh, money that in a lot of cases is not going to be refundable. And then, of course, with all these flex games that the league has now added into its schedule because they want to satisfy their TV partners, it can become a very nasty logistical nightmare, you know, uh, for, for a lot of fans who do want to attend a road game for their favorite NFL teams, especially if you're going to a place, let's say, that does not have... A lot of accommodations, for example, and the Giants don't have to worry about going to Green Bay this year. The Packers are coming to East Rutherford. But if you're trying to go to Green Bay, there are very, very few flights that go directly into Green Bay. There are very few hotels around Green Bay. It takes quite a bit of logistical planning to go to a game in Green Bay if you're a visiting fan. It's 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 a big hassle to do, not to mention the expense. And then of course, if you find out all of a sudden the game's been flexed, oh sorry.
4: And by the way, that's very much more in play this year. The flexing. That's aggregate. my point. Yeah, you know. So there's
0: um, you know, it's different if let's say the Giants are going to Miami. Well, you know, if yeah, it's flights. if it, yeah, there's a lot of flights going down to Florida. Sure. And there's a lot of stuff to do down in Florida. So you know. It's probably uh, mitigated a little bit if if you know they wind up with a game down there that that gets changed. Let's say one o'clock game, and maybe they don't get flexed to prime time, but all of a sudden their game is going to be four thirty. Well, and you had a seven o'clock flight out out out, Good out luck of the airport, that. Yeah. right? So you know these are issues that you got to deal with, but at least, oh, well, if I have to stay in Miami another day, I think you could tolerate that in the middle of December. Whereas if, you're if New you Yorker. have to stay in
4: Buffalo another night, you're well, talking you see about what I'm December, is that what you're getting So at? these are yeah.
0: all things that, from a, of a fan's perspective, logistically, I, yeah. look, I'm very sympathetic to it. I, I know, you know, it is what it is. It's the reality of it. But, but I, I am sympathetic to it. I understand.
4: Well, that's why it's going to be very interesting with the flexibility of the flex aspect of the schedule this year that's going into play. Remember, you could have teams have two thursday games mm-hmm. okay and then really you're gonna see monday night games that may be able to be swapped out and you talked about traveling plans can you imagine as a fan i know your team is scheduled to play on monday night then all of a sudden you find out the game now is sunday or whatever now maybe that's helpful because you get home what sooner about but... vice versa correct that's even worse yeah you, meaning the game was on sunday and now it was moved to monday. i had a
0: flight out monday morning and now the game is monday night yep changes things completely now Just so you guys get caught up, Mike North, one of the VPs of the NFL, again, when he was on that Bills podcast a few weeks back, he said that the way it is now, each team is allowed to be scheduled for six primetime games. And they are then also eligible to be flexed for a seventh primetime game. Just so you know the new rules. Uh, That was not the case until this year. They've kind of expanded the flexibility
4: a little bit. But the biggest wild card of all is we've never had Monday night games get flexed. No. We've had Sunday games get flexed from earlier in the day to later, vice versa. Now Monday games. And remember, we're talking about it from the fans' traveling perspective. What about the team's perspective, Paul? You know, well, preparation. That's, that's the killer. I, I Look,
0: I, again, I'm, I don't want to get out of my soapbox here. But from a coaches' and players' perspective, Parcells always used to say, give me Sunday at 1 o'clock every single week. And that's how, for that as well yeah that's how players and coaches feel okay uh, let's not pull any punches here players and coaches feel that way we also know that when the revenue is produced by the league as it is with the various scheduling quirks and changes, everybody within the league including the players benefits from it and so the profit margin kind of goes up And then the flexibility has to go up.
4: Well, that's the ammunition behind a lot of these changes, right? You want to market your league as much as possible. It's just the downside of that is all of a sudden you're a coach. And what you were talking about with Parcells is you're so used to routine. You ask these coaches every single week, every single day, Mm -hmm. every hour they have mapped out. When you start to tweak that, you throw curveballs the way of the coaches and the players. And no, I mean, go ahead. I I was just going to say that. I mean, uh, by now
0: they're kind of used to being tweaked because they know what's going to happen to them, especially if they're a good team. You know, if you stink, yeah, you're going into the season with a bunch of Sunday one o'clock games, but the price you pay for being an, a good team is that they're going to really mess with you.
4: Well, especially later in the season, yes. if you're competitive and all of a sudden yes. you have far more meaningful contests. That's why, because you could go in not having high expectations, all of a sudden you exceed the expectations, and then early December, now all of a sudden you're playing at 4 o'clock or in primetime. Or they're giving you that Saturday game. Correct, yeah, late, but that's not a very year often too. part of the schedule, the Saturday games, that's only small. I'm talking about you could get flex on a Sunday oh, once I know. I know. that aspect it's gets It's the price you pay for being yeah. good.
0: Giants fans, I know you love the team being good again, and it's awesome.
4: Just know your calendar is going to be juggled. Especially later in the year. I think that we've all seen that. And then the two Thursday games is really going to be fascinating (sighs) for teams to have to prep for a quick turnaround and then maybe two quick turnarounds, depending, right? There's no guarantee you're going to have back-to-back Thursday games. You know how Dallas normally has sometimes back-to-back Thursday games? Okay, but that's a full week. What if you get two Thursday games, two Sundays to Thursday situations?
0: Look, I would not want to be anybody over on Park Avenue having to put this together. I mean, their computer model goes through. They tell us every year it's like over 2,000 combinations yep. before the commissioner finally decides to sign it, and then they send it out. I would not want to be any one of those people. I would not. Because we all know, and, and let me make something very clear to you folks. I get it. Everybody has their own preferences for the schedule because of either teams they like or travel arrangements that they're going to make. I understand that. Or parties they want to have with their friends and their families. I get all of that. When I look at the schedule, I always put myself in the minds of the general manager and the coaches and the players. And I say to myself, from their perspective, how do the logistics of this schedule impact or potentially impact your chances to win or lose the game. And let's make it very clear. It does. Okay? It does. And that's why when the schedule comes out, there will be teams who will put a phone call in to the scheduling department at the league, and they will say, oh, man, you really did us bad. Or, hey, thanks. But they will get complaints every year. Oh, absolutely. From X number of teams that will say, you really did us bad with this piece of logistics. You're making it harder on us to try to win games. And the fact is the logistics do matter. They are, they are, there may be, I don't know, you pick a percentage. It's a small percentage, but it is a percentage because it is part of what a, a team has to do to navigate their way to get to grandma's house. And Grandma's house is the end of the season and hopefully a postseason ticket. It's part of the navigation.
4: They have to go over the river and through the woods, from what I've been told. Mm -hmm. But that's only according to sources. I don't know if there's validity behind that. But anyway, getting back to the point at hand, though, real quick before we reopen up the phone lines, what you were hitting on is, for example, road teams on Thursdays are at a huge disadvantage doesn't matter we what know season, what year. We know that. Because you lose an additional day at your facility to practice. We know that. It's so a fact. That goes without saying. It's a fact. But remember, you're not going to be at home every single year on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Some years you're going to go on the road. Now, with teams playing twice, I would hope that if you do get in that circumstance, they give you one home and they give you one road. I'm sure right? they will try to do that. I mean, that to me would be the most sensible maneuver. Mm-hmm. But... Thursday teams, you as general managers, coaches, you have to account for a travel day. They don't. And it's bad enough that week, even for the home team, because you're coming off a Sunday game. You're barely practicing as it is, mm-hmm. but it's nice to just wake up and go to your facility and not have to worry about getting on a plane or go through travel preparation and so forth. So that to me is the biggest obstacle. I would say more so than any other thing related to the whole flex part of the schedule. I'll
0: have another point to raise, but I know we got somebody yeah. on hold, so why don't oh, we go to the call? Sure. And, and I want to piggyback off of what you said after the phone call.
4: All right, let's uh, open up the phone lines, but before we do that, just a few reminders here with respect to some Giants programming and ticket opportunities. Giants Hutto Podcast, you can check that out on Giants podcast platforms as well as Giants.com slash podcasts. Giants fans, you can take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And the Giants official connected TV streaming app is Giants TV. It brings you original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV, it's free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. We check in with Charlie in Maine here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. That's why I wanted to get as many reads as humanly possible in <laughs> on the program, Paul. Go ahead, Charlie. What do you it, have to lovely greet us today?
5: Here comes the big bad wolf. <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, keep up the parallel in terms of Grandma's house. Yes.
5: <laughs> yes. Hey, no. Uh, um, look, what happens if this is what I'm waiting to see, how this is going to work out, our away games? The ones in, on the West Coast or close to the West Coast? Arizona, say, Las
0: Vegas, and San Francisco. There are yes. three very long trips this year.
5: Yeah. You know, say, we, say we're playing Philly at home, and then our next game is San Francisco, right? So we have to go to San Francisco. And then we come back, and we play Miami. And then Miami, we go out, and we have to play Vegas. And then Vegas, we come back, we got to go play Dallas. It's It's possible, yeah.
4: I mean, it's possible. Charlie, that's
0: exactly what we're talking about. There are logistical hurdles that can can really impact the ball club. And for that reason, many a times when teams have multiple West Coast trips, they'll go to the league and they'll say, listen, can you do us a favor? Can you try to do this or that? One of the common requests, Belichick has done this with the Patriots very often, he'll say, can you give us two of the West Coast games back-to-back so we can only make one trip, stay out there, and then play the other game before coming all the way across the country back home again.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's what, I, I, that's what I'm i trying. You know, well, you I can request that. that. Works out. Yeah, well, It doesn't mean they'll do it. Correct. But, that, and that's, that's, that's correct. the point. You
4: can request it. That doesn't mean that the league is going to agree to it. Because there's other right. teams in a very similar boat that are going to ask for the same thing. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and so then you still got the Arizona game. So then, sure. like, say you're playing Dallas, then you got to go to Arizona. So I mean, if that's the, and maybe it's on a Thursday night. I mean, it could be like the a possibilities are endless, Charlie.
0: And <laughs> I guarantee you, if we were to get Mike North or any of the people in the scheduling room on the phone, they would tell you they guarantee, guarantee that they'll get at least. X number of complaints every single year. There's no way all 32 teams are going to be happy with the logistics of their schedule. It's just not going to
4: happen. And I'll give you an example. The 2017 Giants schedule, that year they had road trips to Denver, San Francisco, Oakland, and Arizona. Mm -hmm. They did not have any of those games in back-to-back weeks. They went to Denver in week six. They went to San Francisco in week 10. They went to Oakland in week 13. And then they went to Arizona in week 16. So, Charlie, it could very well happen. It was a very painful yeah.
0: season, and the logistics yep.
4: did not make it any
0: easier. However, Charlie, I will say this, and, and I, I do a, a logistical schedule analysis every year because, again, I try to come at it with the players, coaches, and general managers' perspective. I graded last year's Giants schedule as the most favorable schedule that I have seen in like 15 years. That's how Uh-oh. much I thought last year's <laughs> schedule was good for the Giants logistically. Yeah, I really did. I felt it was set up beautifully for them. And they executed to the point where they made the playoffs.
4: Well, and they didn't have very far trips to contend with. No. Seattle yeah. was really the right. biggest That test. was the one big trip. And that came before a bye week, too. Let's not forget yeah. about That's that. That's what I'm trying to tell yeah. you. Well, no, I'm just expanding on what you're talking about. These are some of the
0: factors that I will look at. And when I get my hands on the schedule, I will sit down and I will dissect them again with all these little things. And a lot of stuff people don't care about. People say to me all the time, well, why do you think it's so tough? And all of a sudden, I'll rattle off eight different tiny details that I found in the Mm -hmm. schedule that coaches and GMs and players are thinking of, but the common man won't think of. And these are the obstacles. That's what I do. When I get that schedule, first thing I'm doing is, okay, where are the obstacles? Where are the hurdles here that are going to make things more difficult for this team to succeed?
4: And the London trip, by the way, was sandwiched between two home games. Oh, too. That's yes. Great. Which helped as well. Yes. Great. That's another thing. Everything
0: message. about that schedule yeah. Yeah. last year was, was beautiful.
2: Right. They, hey, hey, I didn't have I mean, last... any
0: complaints about last year's schedule. None. Now the, fir- the first the first last year.
5: That's yeah, for you to worry holidays. about Pearson. I
0: course. don't have holidays once the season starts. Are
4: you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, John
5: does. <laughs> but no, I just wanted to say last year we our first game was away, right? We played the Titans. Yeah, they went to Tennessee. Yeah. So, yep. Right. And probably the year before that, didn't we play away again or was it at home? I'm just two thousand twenty one we, they
4: were home. They played the Broncos yeah. at MetLife okay. Stadium. So yeah. it yeah.
5: seems like it seems like they alternate. Uh, so I wouldn't go like so far. They, they played game. a lot
4: of games in Dallas consecutively. Well, let me tell you years, something, so.
0: Charlie. There are so many conditions yeah. now that have been put on the schedule makers. They literally have like a wall full of, of rules and then trends and then preferences For you to isolate one of them and say they're going to do that would be a mistake. They can't. They can't. There are too many combinations. The Rubik's Cube is the size of the Atlantic Ocean that they've got to
4: try to fiddle with and put together. Yeah, and they were also home in 2020 against the Steelers, and they were home in 2021. So we've had back-to-back years where things played out.
5: I'm I'm hoping we play the Jets. I think that would be a fun game to start off with. I don't want to play Dallas again. Let's just play the Jets. I think that would be great.
4: All right, Charlie. Appreciate Thanks, the Charlie. Phone call. Thanks for uh, giving us a ring here on BBKL. Obviously, the opener is around the weekend of 9-11, so there's been a lot of speculation that perhaps they can tie that into the two teams that obviously represent mm-hmm. the market that was impacted most by that day. So it's understandable that there's been a lot of speculation tied into that. And as far as the Dallas storyline, we've actually gone a few years without – a Giants Cowboys opener. So I don't know if they, they broke the string got tired like four of years it, ago, but right?
0: Three years ago? Yeah, four years ago? It's possible. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see.
4: Let's put it this way they're going to play the Cowboys at least once, you figure, in the first half of the season. I would well, think. Well, the one
0: thing that I will say that I really liked, and this happened, of course, after the Jets fiasco when they backed into the playoffs some years back, the commissioner said, All right, enough of this. We're going to back end the divisional rival games into december sure and and we're going to wrap up with those games to try to give them some more importance i did agree with that i thought that was a very very astute move by by him obviously it was to enhance the interest in the games to help the integrity of the games but also to to uh, um Add to the importance of the games. Well, they don't going want, into the playoffs. They don't want
4: teams benching players because exactly. they've already wrapped up the division by then. If so, you're not playing your divisional and, foes,
0: and they or, or teams that are also Rands. You know, have who have nothing to gain or lose. You know, playing a team that's invo- that's going to go. So. I love the division rivalry games being bumped more towards the end of the schedule. That was a very significant development, and I thought it made an awful lot of sense, and, and I applauded them for that. We got we got more yeah, calls. No, no. I, I want to go with other points, but let's... Yeah, no,
4: well, we will. I, I just want to expand on, on your point. I mean, last year, you had five out of seven games to mm-hmm. finish out the season. That, to mm-hmm. me, was extreme, though. It was. So it that's was the extreme. opposite end of the spectrum. It was extreme. Not nearly as balanced.
0: It was, it was extreme, but... They don't want balance. They do want to back-end it. Now, how much do they back-end it? Could it have been four out of seven instead of five out of seven? Maybe it could have been. Yeah. But they still want to back-end your, your rival games. And that's always going to happen. Uh, at yeah. the end of the schedule. Anyway.
4: Yeah. It's just, you know, also last year, remember, you had those two Washington games in very close proximity, too. I know. Too. And I, know. I, I would think that they're going to try to avoid that from happening again. Let's head back to the lines. Len's in Maryland. He joins us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Len?
3: Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi, Len. You're right. <clears throat> What's on your mind? Um, a, a couple of things maybe filling in on the, on the schedule. Um, it's actually a two-day release on the schedule.
2: A
0: well, they're giving game. out a handful of games on Wednesday. Right. I know. But, but, but everybody's full schedule comes We're out talking about they're giving right. you a yeah. couple of crumbs. And, yeah. again, that's part of the hype machine.
3: Well, I mean, those are important games. Um, I mean, they're all important, but they are important from a fan standpoint, or well, they wouldn't separate them out as separate. Uh, no, no, you know, it, separate it, it's, known,
0: it's known as hype. That's what it is, Landon. It's hype. <laughs> That's all it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's hype.
3: It, it's, it's a big three or four days in, in the NFL calendar. You no get, your, you about get it. your
0: international games so people know this. On Wednesday, yeah. you'll get your international games, your new Black Friday game, which the NFL's never played a game on Black Friday before, but they're playing yeah, one on Friday afternoon. I believe right. it's a three o'clock kickoff Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. then they're going to have selected highlighted games that they're also going to gonna throw out there. So that right. might be 10 games, possibly. Yeah, it's a very right. small it's percentage. It's a very, very, very right. small yeah. percentage. But yeah. just like they dragged the draft out for three days, they're going to draft the schedule release out now for two days.
3: Well, um, I, I I think if, if the Giants are involved in any of those crumbs that they're throwing out, uh, the fans are going to be interested. I mean, let's not make it sound like... <laughs> Sure, it's not an event. If it wasn't an event, they wouldn't be doing it. uh, You know, I mean, mean, you're making it sound like it's not an important no fact that you know know what.
0: You know what, though, uh, and I mean this, Len, to the coaches and the players and the general managers and so forth. The schedule's the schedule. They'll tell you they're going to play whoever they got to play, and whether or not the schedule comes out with hype or no hype, on Wednesday or Thursday or, for that matter, on Friday. What they know is that. The weekend of September 10th, they're opening yeah. the National Football League season. Yeah. And they're going to yeah. play who they're told to play. And if yeah. you think that those guys are on pins and needles this week on Wednesday and Thursday, hopping and bopping around, worried about what leaks out and what NFL Network tells them, you're making a very sad mistake.
3: Well, I don't think so, Paul. But but let me say this. Um and, and, you know, I want to be clear about this. I'm excited about the two days of announcements. I i wasn't knocking it. You know, I want to make sure you guys know that. I wasn't knocking it. I'm looking forward to the, you know, the dribbling out of some of it. And, <laughs> okay. and then the big, and, and then the big, announcement. all right, okay. So I'm, I'm, I just want to make sure you don't think I'm knocking. No, no, doing. I just okay. think right. it, it is, right. it is what it is. And
0: it's a marketing ploy, which is obviously okay. working because they wouldn't do sure. it if it wasn't working. Sure.
3: Sure oh, right <laughs> absolutely, absolutely all right back back to speculation we speculated on the Monday night first Monday night game, possibly with the Jets. Let's speculate on the Amazon game. rumors out there that it's Eagles at Giants
0: mm-hmm I've heard that
3: yeah, yeah. um now Paul, you um said that, and I'm interested in this as a season ticket holder, and I want to know as soon as possible because the Giants have not obviously have not yet told me um. You you said three o'clock for that game.
0: I have heard that that game, and that does not come from within the building. <laughs> I believe it was one of the national media had okay. uh, purported that it would be a three p.m. Eastern Time wow. game on Black Friday. The Black wow. Friday game. I'm not. I'm not telling you what game it is. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. I've heard the Black yeah, Friday I, game is yeah, going yeah. to be on Friday at three yeah. p.m. That's well, but, what I've heard. But here's yeah. the thing,
4: Len. Even if they do play, you don't know if it's going to be a home game. So it may not even impact you as a season well, ticket. Well,
3: well, the rumor the rumor I heard that it was a home game. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, but yeah, I mean, okay. it could easily yeah. go either way. Right, that's, right. that's
4: my point. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and, you know, I'm thinking with American Dream right across the street, that big shopping center on Black Friday, that should be a lot of fun at three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, that, that's it, more of a reason. Yeah.
4: Shop. That's more of a reason why it may not be a good thing for there to be a home game there <laughs> under those circumstances. Yeah.
3: Uh, Glash unless, right unless,
4: on. Len, you want to take five hours to get no, out of no, the parking no, no, no. lot. I'm, well, I'm I don't know.
3: I'm hoping, I'm hoping the rumor that I heard about home game, a couple it with 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Black Friday, is not part of the Giants' schedule.
4: Okay. <laughs> and and by the way, I'm bringing up an NFL.com article, so this is coming from the yeah. league that it is an expected yeah. kickoff of 3 p.m. Eastern. So okay. that's right. From the league is confirmed yeah. that. Well, that, that is exactly okay. a confirmation from the league. Yeah.
3: Okay. Now, I, I don't I think this fits in somewhere on the general conversation, but I don't know if you guys know this. Um, I, I, as a, as a season ticket holder, I don't know. I, I I know the bottom line on my tickets, and I've already paid. All right. I don't know the face value of a ticket for each home game. This is the first time. I know the bottom line, I'll just make up a number, $2000. I know it's 2000, I pay the 2000, I still don't know the face value for each game. That is the Eagles in Dallas may be higher face value than Packers Chargers which is the first time they've done it this way. It's just a piece of information. I'm not knocking it. The Giants have their reason. I've explored it with them for doing it the way they're doing it. But we, we don't know the face value. They are going to let us know next week what the face value on the Dallas ticket is. Now, it's all going to add up to the bottom line that I paid, but we don't know how it's going to be dispersed across 10 games. This is including the preseason games. So we, we, it's kind of first time they've done that.
0: I'm not we'll, really. We'll, sure. we'll, we'll trust you on that, land because we're not in the ticket office. So. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually, think actually you knew you're, that. you're telling us yeah, yeah. something that I have absolutely no concept yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Right, right, right. I didn't think you knew that. And I thought it was kind of interesting information that this is the first time that they've done it that way. And um, as I said, across 10 games. I, I knew there were going to be 10 games. I didn't know. You know, I can't say to my partner, uh, here's the price of a ticket you know, here's your share because I don't know how the face well, value If, if you're thing.
0: going to know next week, that's still in plenty of time
3: for so him so to no, get no, our no. money
0: together for the season. Yeah, 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 and I've
3: given him that. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, unless you're going to
0: pull him back from him and not sell him oh, the no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. We have,
3: under the, under the circumstances, we have already agreed to how we're going to handle this okay. across the whole season. So, sure. But I just wanted to let you know that right, it's Len- kind of interesting. But uh, let me say one thing real quick. Yeah. I think it does have something to do with when these games will be played. Uh, day of the week, time, things of that nature. I, I do going to take Len- all of that into consideration.
4: Yeah, I mean, once again, I'm just speculating, and I appreciate yeah. the phone call. We'll let you go on that note, and thanks for giving us a ring. But As somebody who's had season tickets in a different sport for basketball, it's very common for the cost of the ticket to fluctuate based on the opponent. And it has nothing to do with when the game is being played. It just has to do with, for example, and once again, I'm just giving a hypothetical. When the Golden State Warriors, okay, who are a premier team, come to the Garden, that would be a premier game, right, Paul? Wouldn't you agree? Compared to if you were going up against a team that was at the bottom of the NBA standings the previous year.
0: There have been a number of leagues and organizations that have had tiered ticket pricing now for several years. Correct. And that's in fact, my point. I think in New York, yeah. the New York Mets in baseball. I'm
4: unfamiliar were the with the first
0: yeah. team. I think to do tiered ticket pricing, the Yankees now do it also.
4: Well, I, I know for a fact that it's done in the NBA. That's why I'm. Speaking I didn't know from you experience. had Knicks season tickets. Well, though. no, I, I'm just I'm saying. Impressed. I'm just saying from an NBA perspective. I really am. Well, See, listen. this
0: is the truth. You actually are deep down a Knicks fan. Well,
4: I wouldn't go so far, but you f- just you just spew hatred for that. I with, any with hatred. absolutely no, no, no. hatred is too no strong of a word it because
0: it, in fact you are a Knicks fan. It's
4: just the reality of the results of basketball, which you sometimes can't accept. This That's is great. The thing. Yeah,
0: I got to tell Schmelk you're really a Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah.
4: Okay. Good. Good this luck having great. that conversation. Wonderful. I'm, I'm glad. I'm you, glad you finally glad came you, over to the to the bright side. I have never come over to any side. I've been well. Marked in terms of my territory. Let's go for back quite to the Yes. But no, in, in all seriousness, though, that has been done in other sports. So to Len's point, and I don't know what the thinking is with respect to the NFL. Yeah, we're not involved in yeah, the business Yeah, not involved in any of those conversations. Upstairs. But I guess if Len was coming from the standpoint of it caught him off guard, it's not unusual in other sports to do this. No, It's, it's possible the NFL is now adopting a similar philosophy with respect to other sports.
1: Those are the most obvious. But let's say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio
4: or wherever you listen to podcasts. RJ is in Georgia joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, RJ? What do you got for us?
1: Hey. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? All right? Hi. Yep. Good, good. I have a couple of things. Uh, one, um, what do you think the percentage is that the Giants will uh, sign Saquon Barkley uh, for
4: the upcoming season?
0: A lock. He he's going to play for the Giants this year. He's on the tag.
4: Well, but you're, you're talking about a long-term deal. To clarify, is yeah, that what so you're I'm, asking? He's asking oh. what's the chances that they get a long-term deal done with Saquon yeah, before asking, the deadline? I'm yeah, right. that's I would the say
0: the chances are better that he will then he'll wind up playing on the one-year tag. I think he will wind up with a long-term deal.
4: Yeah, I'd maybe go slight edge with Paul over playing on the franchise tag, but I could also see a scenario where he signs the tag, he plays Mm -hmm. on the one-year deal, too. I I don't think that's outrageous. It's not not
0: out of the question. Yeah. But he'll be here this year.
1: Okay, I I appreciate it. That's definitely good to hear. And the other thing is, don't you think it's fitting that um, the September 11th game would be Giants-Jets? Well, actually, it's uh, that would be September 10th, that Sunday. But w- wouldn't it be fitting for the Giants and Jets to play on that day?
0: Well, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Sure. Uh, you know, everybody can, can feel as they want because the league is going to schedule the game, and it's going to be scheduled, and that's it. I mean, well, you know, I, I get it. I mean, September 11 is a very important date in our history. Absolutely. And and it's right. important for the people in Washington, too, to be quite frank with you.
4: Yeah. I mean, we've had seasons <laughs> where September 11th has fallen on a Sunday, and the majority of the league has been able to take part in that, which is yes. great because, to Paul's point, while we a lot of us who were here when it happened, we understand it impacted the entire nation, no not just question. necessarily the New York, New Jersey area.
0: Even the people in Pennsylvania with remember there was a day, plane there, 100%. too. 100%.
4: Unfortunately, the flight went down there, yeah. So, I mean, it's nice when it does fall on a Sunday because I think you can make it an entire league thing. Here and I don't know. Is this the first time that it's fallen on a Monday night? I don't know. Since that. I, I want to say there's a good chance it's the first time it's fallen on a Monday it night, may, may, where you have just one game. Well, actually, remember there's two Monday night games in the opener. Correct. So you'd have four teams sharing the spotlight. And oh, that's true. Yeah. That day. Yeah. But to your point, yes, New York teams have a significant connection to that day, and we'll see whether or not the league sees it that way.
1: Yeah, okay,
4: fellas. I appreciate that. I'll take it off the air, but uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. You too, sir. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for uh, giving us a ring here. And that's why I brought up there's been a lot of speculation, obviously, there tied to been. that. And that could very well come to fruition. But you could also pinpoint several other teams to play on that Monday night as well. And that would not be crazy either. But I, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But I don't know. I don't remember I don't September 11th falling on a Monday, though.
0: I don't remember it either. You know, I don't. I mean, this
4: may be the first time. But because I would just be curious if it did who they had play on that day. Because I mean, right, it would have made sense to have the Jets or the Giants I, I playing say on Monday the night. The
0: Giants played Washington on a Sunday, September eleventh in the past. Correct. And that was a very emotional day, I will tell you. Yep. I mean, I was in the building and, and it was it was it was kinda rough before the uh, national anthem was played. Sure. It was tough.
4: Yeah. Well, and we just passed the twentieth anniversary, mm-hmm. so It adds even more meaning. This year in particular is not a special anniversary with respect to that. But, hey, every year we acknowledge that date. There is memory and significance to it. So that shouldn't be taken into consideration in terms of who you select to play on that date. But this is a rare year. Here's the other thing that's interesting. It's not only that September 11th falls on a Monday night. It's also the fact that this happens to be a year where the Giants are scheduled to play the Jets. So there's really, there's twofold that are in play here. Remember, the Giants don't play the Jets every single year other than preseason. That's right. So that's the other thing. Well,
0: and of course, the Giants and Patriots and Jets always play each other in the preseason. So this is another one of those, when the rotation comes around, where the Giants are now going to play the Patriots in the preseason and the regular season, Yep. they will play the Jets in the preseason and the regular season. That happens every four years when the rotation comes around.
4: It just happens. No, of course. But what I'm saying is from a regular season standpoint, they don't Mm -hmm. play each other. And if you remember part of the ammunition behind, because remember the Giants and the Jets would always play the third preseason game. They flipped it because of that year where they actually were then meeting again in the regular season. we wanted more distance mm-hmm. between obviously those matchups. So there's a lot of different things. This is why I do not envy any of the individuals that put the schedule no, together.
0: That's a rough room. And the different room. versions. That is that they a very rough room.
4: Yeah. And, and there's a lot of great people that work for the league. Oh, they, they're wonderful involved. people, but I it's mean, a rough room. It's so insightful to hear all the different conversations they have and
0: That room has as much security, I think, as the NFL team's draft rooms does. Yeah, absolutely. Believe me.
4: Well, and here's the other thing, and this relates to the Jets. I'm sure they were waiting to confirm that Aaron Rodgers was going to the Jets, too. I guarantee you, they had a version. They they did. They they had a version. Mike North has already talked about that. Aaron may have not gone to the Jets. They anticipated that he was, and
0: if the deal had not been done by the time they had to submit the schedule to the commissioner, they had a tweaked version which would lessen the Jets' visibility in the schedule. But because the Rodgers deal did go through in time, they will maximize uh, the Jets' visibility.
4: Because remember, Russell Wilson, that trade, highly influenced how many times the Broncos sure did. were on primetime last year. Sure now, did. it didn't necessarily work out to the league's benefit based on how Denver played, but let's not be naive. Major move like that, mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if the Jets... Don't have a high volume of primetime games. There's
0: absolutely no question yeah. in my mind about that. Let's Which, by it. the way, plays into my Twitter question, but let's go to the call. Well, if you want to throw that out, no, too, but go to the call. let's go get to, the
4: call. to uh, one more call before we then throw out the Twitter question that you put up. And you actually have some results, mm-hmm. I'm sure, that you could reveal too. So it's twofold there. Steven's in Barcelona joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Steven?
3: Oh, not much. I haven't been on in a while. Uh, Hi. Happy I question today. I'm just wondering do we have a chance to get Leonard Floyd? Is that a possibility?
0: Well, what is his asking price?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, it's it, it, it's mysterious. I mean...
0: You don't think I've he's been, coming I, here know, for a bag of used footballs, do you?
3: <laughs> 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 no, I, I just think we could use an edge rusher, and, you know, it looks like he's still, he's still hanging out there.
4: Well, he is. He's still a free agent, and Leonard Floyd was obviously synonymous with the Rams, and then... Went to the He was with the Bears prior to the Rams, but I think he really stepped up his game when he went to L.A., and obviously he helped them win a Super Bowl. When it comes to players like that, there's a lot of factors to weigh in. I think maybe his situation, part of it, the reason why he hasn't signed is some of these guys, they don't want to join a team until the beginning of training camp. That's one thing you have to take into consideration, and it could very well be he's waiting to see what happens with some post-June 1st cuts, where maybe... Teams may get rid of veterans that could free up some additional cap space. I mean, to answer your question from a financial standpoint, the Giants, I don't think they have an overwhelming amount of wiggle room based on what they've done in free agency. And no. then they obviously have to sign their draft pick. So on the surface, I would think it would be challenging, especially if a player like that is looking to cash in from a team that may have more to work with.
0: And his last year uh, with the Rams, uh, that contract called for about $16 million a year. Yep which is a number that I don't think no matter what the Giants do to their current cap situation, they'd be able to uh, digest.
3: No, I I think he'll be a a 10 or under, I'm hoping. And uh, he hasn't missed a game in like five years or something. I'm I'm not sure if that's correct, but somewhere around there.
4: Well, he's been... An active player. I mean, I think it really comes back to what scheme he's been in, whether or not they've been able to showcase his skill set, because I think the Rams mm-hmm. did a really effective job in tapping into that. I think the other thing you have to understand is, while you could point to maybe there's room for an additional pass rusher, I also think the Giants want to continue to see what they have with some of these young guys. And if you bring in another veteran, remember, you're taking away perhaps playing time from I mean, some of those I mean,
0: guys. I honestly believe after the draft, they re-signed O'Shane Zimenez, who showed some more upside yep. last year. And and still has some youth on his side, I think he was the guy who, because they did not get anyone in the draft, he becomes the insurance policy behind Ogilari and Thibodeau. That's well, how I, I see it, and I
4: think they like Tamon Fox very I was much say too. That. Yeah, don't leave Tamon Fox out of the conversation. And we were talking about Baldonado yesterday as one of the UDFA's. Mm-hmm. If he maybe gets a chance, you know, he's a guy that has some upside in terms of getting after the quarterback. And
0: We still don't know what Ellison Smith is going to bring to the table sure. off There's of his There's another young guy. guy, correct? So yeah. they they got a lot of bodies, and at some point you have to find out if those guys can play.
4: And to answer your question, yeah, we get a flight... lot of injuries so, though too. Oh, Jalari can't be on stand. I the know, field. I know. No, absolutely, but that's why you may be able to boost some of these young guys and really see what they're going to do. For example, Ellison Smith is another guy that has potential. Unfortunately, he's dealt with the injury bug, too. If is a year he could stay healthy, if Ojolari misses some time, maybe you give him an opportunity. And to answer your question, Leonard Floyd hasn't missed a game since 2018, but his first two years, he did not play every single game.
3: Well, that's pretty good, five
4: years in a row. That's, sure. I like guys that show up and play. I get you. I think every coach
0: in the league does Absolutely. as well.
4: 100%. Sure. But, you know, once again, it's a pros and cons, and appreciate the phone call, Stephen. Whether or not you want to bring in a veteran, because when you bring in a veteran like that, the veteran wants to know what his role is. Mm -hmm. For example, Jihad Ward played an integral part of the scheme last year because he had familiarity with Wick Martindale's system, and he knew where he was going to be slotted and the role he was going to encompass. I think most veterans... They don't mind having young guys in the mix, but I don't think they want to come in, all of them, and just be a mentor. They want to feel as if they can correct. contribute in some capacity. And Leonard Floyd, we're talking about somebody that is 30, 31 years old. He's not an old man. He's been in the league since 2016. Something tells me if he gets an opportunity with the team... Oh, he's going to want to play. Correct. That's my point. So yeah, I don't know play. if the Giants... He's can, not
0: going to be Connor Barwin who comes in as exactly. a, as an old sage trying to you know coach guys
4: up. Yeah. Well, and that's also part of... Why some players, I think they wait, Paul, till training camp because they also want to wait and see what happened during the spring. Somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. It's more attractive. So if you want to reveal some yeah, of the results. Yeah, I put Pope out a qu-
0: question on Twitter. I'm at Giants WF- WFAN, of course. Uh, and my question was, I put this out, and there's still an hour left to vote. Uh, so how many primetime games do you think the Giants will be slated for in 2023 after they reach the divisional round of the 2022 NFC playoffs? Now, my options were less than four, four, or more than four. Now, less than four has already garnered over 47% of the votes, Lance. Four, over 42% of the votes, and more than four, over 10% of the votes. If I had to vote, I think it's going to be four. And if I had to pick a second choice, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be five. But, but I'm going to guess Four would have been my vote if I were voting on my Twitter page. There's still one hour to go if you folks want to vote. And before I get your answer on that, perhaps even a better question would be, how many Sunday at 1 o'clock games will the Giants have this year? Because this primetime question does not talk about the doubleheader games that are part of the 4 o'clock, 4.30 mix. And the Giants will have a bunch of those. Because remember, when you look at the NFL schedule, remember Dallas is usually a doubleheader game. So the Giants, because of two Dallas games, because of uh, the uh, West Coast games, yeah, which are later stars. San Francisco, Las Vegas, and Arizona. They've got home games against West Coast teams against Los Angeles, the Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks. But those could still be one p.m.
4: Eastern. They kick-offs. could they be. They have been when the Rams visited They could
0: recently. be. They could be, but they try to give the West Coast games the later games you're talking about the potential for seven games on the Giants' schedule right off the bat that could potentially be at least four o'clock or later just based on the logistics of where those teams are so how many sundays at one that to me is even a better question i'm thinking the giants may only have about six or seven sunday one o'clockers
4: possible because once again that's going to fluctuate every year when you have west coast trips so no doubt i'm not so much convinced that seahawks rams coming here definitely gets that game to four because we've had instances where they make those west coast teams play absolutely one, which is 10 o'clock local but time, they will
0: tend to try to make those later games
4: well just out of my own curiosity i looked up the last time the Giants made the playoffs, which was 2016 prior to okay. last year, yes. what that did to influence the 2017 schedule. That's a good call. Okay, I, I, had, not done, I had not yeah, done so that. All right, so I brought that up. Good for you, Lance. So how many primetime games, do you want to take a guess, do you think? I honestly do not they remember. Got? Okay, well, I'm not asking you to remember. Do you want to just throw one out there? Was it three? Close. It was not three. Okay. It was four. So just to give you an idea. They had actually two primetime games right out of the gates. Dallas, they visited on that Sunday, which was 8.30. And then they hosted, remember, the Lions at MetLife Stadium. Mm -hmm. That was Monday Night Football. Then you had the Denver game, Sunday Night Football. And then they had a trip to Landover, Maryland to play the Commanders. So four games from that standpoint. And actually, now that I think about it, Because remember, I was trying to determine when the last time, maybe September 11th, fell on a Monday. That year, 2017, September 10th was a Sunday. So that year, 2017, the Monday night was September 11th. Okay. Now, we'd have to go back and look whether or not, well, clearly the Giants didn't play on that Monday night because they played Sunday. So we have had a Monday, September 11th connection. Well it back wished. to your
0: number about yeah. four. I did not I was not I was unaware. I had forgotten how many they played that following year after the playoffs, but
4: because a lot of time has gone by, right? So no it's natural doubt. No to doubt. see how the league may have been influenced. My
0: gut feeling says it's going to be four with a chance to maybe be five. That's just the way my gut's telling me right now.
4: Anyway. I would I would go four max. I'd lean towards just under four, but I could see four being the max. I'd be surprised if it gets to five. Five, of course, could come into play depending on a flex situation. Yes, it could. Based on how the season plays out. But initial stages, I'll go more towards the 3-4 category yeah. I can see happening. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, just a, a few interesting observations. And there's other layers to the Giants opponents. We'll get into the NFC West some of those teams, what they did on tomorrow's program, and then obviously we'll take a closer look at the NFC East as well. As that is going to wrap up Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Today's episode, part of the Giants platforms everywhere, as well as Giants.com slash podcast. For Paul Dettino, I'm Lance Meadow. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest, and we'll speak to you on Wednesday right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one.
2: Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
0: Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com.
4: It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.